Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking to Michelle Myers. Michelle, hey, thanks for joining. Hey friend. So fun. Um, so you guys, me and Michelle, we've been friends for, um, when did you start She Works His Way as the membership site? Because I feel like I was in on the early yeah, part that of was- that. 2015, I think, oh, wow. 2014, 2015. So you, yeah. we're like seven, eight years strong. Yes. Yes. And we, um, we, one thing that I love about Michelle and why she is here today, we're going to be talking about vibrancy, but, um, I have heard Michelle pray in lots. She, she prays a lot in her community and, um, she has prayed with me and her energy, um, is something that I appreciate so much. She is not a, um, I don't want to say a quiet prayer because I don't mean that you're loud. I just mean that you have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to talk about vibrancy and just the idea of like what to do with when you're in a rut. But Michelle, would you tell everybody a little bit more about who you are and, um, and yeah, just your background? Yes. So I am a pastor's kid turned pastor's wife. Uh, We live in Asheville, North Carolina. My husband is the central discipleship pastor at Biltmore Church. We have three kids who are seven, almost eight. He's turning eight this month. So if I say seven, he's going to be real upset. (laughs) And a little girl who is five. So two boys and a girl. Um, So we are never bored. And I co-run a ministry called She Works His Way, which is a discipleship community for working women. We just love being able to encourage and equip women to see the work that God has called them to do, some of which they're paid for, some of which is just the responsibility that they've been given in their home and in their local church and in their community um, to really, truly see those places as a mission field and a place to make disciples. And so... I love getting to have conversations with women that are gospel-centered, and prayer is obviously a big part of that, which is Mm -hmm. where I think you and I, we have a major passion point that intersects, because if we're going to do work for God, we can't do it without talking to God. Yeah. Yes. And um, one thing Michelle didn't mention is that she's written some really great books. You want to share about it? Because, yeah, you share about it, and then I'll add it if I need to. (laughs) Sure. Uh, So... Five, six years ago, I released a Devo on the Proverbs 31 woman, which I eye rolls, I'm taking them all right now that I can feel coming in. Uh, because if you don't like her, I did not like her either. And I had to have a heart change. And God really helped me to see it as a character study of not necessarily what we're called to do, but the kind of woman that we're called to be. And that is called Famous in Heaven and at Home. And then Summer and I just wrote a book called She Works His Way. So the title of our ministry, and it is a practical guide for doing what matters in a get things done world. And it's really kind of talking through what we always say is culture has created some of these well-dressed, acceptable lies Mm -hmm. that there's some of the lies that culture tells us that are just blatant and they're easy to identify. But the ones that are just twisted half-truths, 
those are often the ones that are hardest to know how to combat with what God actually says. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this tension between Christ and culture that we wanted to address because what we don't want to do is make an enemy of culture because culture is the opportunity that we have to reach with the gospel. And so how do we take these issues and understand what God says about them and then enter into culture with an attitude and a posture of love? And that was really what we wanted to cover in the book. Yeah. Well, um, it's so good. They, they both are. And I know um, I always talk about famous in heaven and at home and just what an impact that made. Um, Cause I know that was self-published and so many years ago, but it, I, I feel like I always want to tell people about it because <laughs> it really did make an impact. And what's funny is I feel like the Proverbs 31 woman, I loved her and not because I like, I just liked having this list of like, okay, <laughs> this makes sense to me. Like, give me a practical way to be a woman of God. So I uh, do you think it, but I, I know that's very rare. Like most people do really, um, just feel like it's overwhelming to hear everything that she shares. And, and the book is just so good. It's so practical. Mm. So, um, I love it. Um, but yeah. Okay. So let's hear what does your prayer routine look like right now? So I currently, I'm looking at it in my office right now. I have these stacks of post-it notes (laughs) behind my office door Mm -hmm. and they have just a bunch of prompts on them that I know for me, I, I can't sit still for very long. And so about every hour for like five or 10 minutes, I will just go and stand in that corner in my office and pray over. And as I'm praying through, I just, I love how I'm a visual person. It's why I love your journal so much Mm -hmm. because I love to have something to come back to. And so these are just little prompts that I need that can bring me into a conversation with God. So that's, that's one of the most intentional ways that I try to bring prayer throughout my day. Yeah. I love that. I'm also a major, I, I always say that I think that my head or my head or my heart are connected to my hand better than I feel like they're connected to my mouth. And so if I really want to know what I want to communicate, I need to write it down. Yeah. And so if there is something that I am really trying to process through with God, then the best way for me to do that is for me to write it down. Because sometimes I will write things down and as I'm writing, I'm realizing that that is what I really want to (laughs) say. Like my hand is more honest than my mouth is. Yeah. Because if my mouth is going to hear something audible, then somehow it's going to try to filter it to sound better. And we don't have to clean ourselves up before we come to God. We need to be honest and we need to be raw with Him. And so I just find that my hand does a much better job of communicating what I'm actually feeling, what I actually need to get out. I can also force myself to have to deal with what is going on when I get to look at something. Cause that's the other thing too, is you can, you can talk, you can almost, this is terrible to admit, but you can get in rant mode. And if I am writing and I'm going back and I'm reading what I'm writing, then it's almost like my way of coming back and checking myself and going, okay, Michelle, you're getting very off track here. This is super emotional. This is not truth. And let's bring ourselves back to a place where you see not just 
maybe someone else's sin or the circumstance, but you start to see your role and your part in it and what you need to own and what God needs to change in you instead of what God needs to change in somebody else. And so I, I write down the really, really hard things. And then I'm also, I, I said, I can't sit still very well. And so when I just need to like have an honest conversation with God and just spend time with him, then I need, my body needs to be doing something. And so my favorite place to pray is on a paddleboard in the middle of a lake. Oh yeah. Absolute favorite place. That's not always possible. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and it gets really cold here in the winter. And so I will bundle up and I will just go for a walk. And I'm sure that everybody in my neighborhood thinks that I'm crazy, but you know what? This is where AirPods have helped me. Yeah. Because people can be talking and uh, you just think that they're on the phone. Um, so I often put headphones on and <laughs> I'm not listening to anything, but I will just go for a prayer walk. There's some trails in our neighborhood. And so going, going for a walk, writing in my journal, and then having visual post-it notes in my office. Those are like the three main things that I'm doing right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, and I love that because already right there, that's like you are showing us different ways to pray that are not, um, you know, like you already are showing that you have uh, just variety in what you're doing. So I love that. Um, What do you do like when you get in a rut, when you do feel like, um, like how long do you keep a routine or like how often do things change? And then what do you do if you're in a rut? Those are two questions. So we might just save the second for for in a minute. <laughs> okay. So let, let's take tackle what I do when I'm in a rut. So what I do when I'm in a rut is I open up scripture and mm-hmm. I will just pray God's word back to him. Yeah. yeah. So I will open up one of the books of the Bible and I'll read for a minute and then I will turn a verse into a prayer because that always puts me in the right perspective because God's word is always going to be God's truth. It's always going to point back to God's glory. It's always going to point back to praise. It's always going to point back to the things that we should be thinking about and what matters most. And so often that is what I will do is I will go back there. I also use your springboard prayers. Oh yeah. And there's another one called every moment. Holy. Yep. And those are two books of what I would call liturgies Mm -hmm. that Sometimes, especially if it's just something to where you're like, my heart is not in this right now. I need something to that I need to say, but I don't really have the words right now. I mean, that's actually, you know, scripture talks about how if only we have groans that Christ can take those and he intercedes on our behalf. But sometimes you, you need something to shape your perspective. And so I will read those, utilize those. And then often what I challenge myself to do is because I will read one of those and then I will go, okay, let's let that be the starting point, which is why I love yours because that's what you do is you leave room Mm -hmm. for us to be able to finish the prayer. Yeah. And so I, I, I love that resource. And so if anyone's listening to this and you're thinking that you're in a prayer rut and you don't have springboard prayers yet, definitely go get that. Um, because you can look up something based on your emotions or a room in your house or a circumstance or a season and have a prayer that Val has started for you. And then she also gives you room and challenges you to finish it. So it's not just like someone is praying over you. It's like someone is praying first 
Mm. And then you get to come in and you get to continue the prayer. Yes. Yep. And that was our big thing when we made it, just not wanting to, not wanting it to be just like, we want, we don't want to stunt anybody's prayers by like just talking for them. Um, so I love that you mentioned all that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if I could, I didn't tell you we were going to do this, so we'll see how this goes. But if I could <laughs> like randomly throw out like a place or a situation and see like, what, what is a way that we could pray? Um, mm-hmm. And this, we'll see how this goes. But um, like, I guess I'm thinking like, how do you pray with people? Like Mm -hmm. what are different ways that you can pray with someone? I find that praying with someone is the peace that you both feel when you pray together. Like that is just because God, God's presence. He says that where two or more are gathered in my name, that I'm there with them also. And peace is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Like Mm -hmm. peace is God's presence. Peace is who God is. And so when someone is going through something really, really hard, the temptation can be to say, I'll pray for you and then to forget. Mm -hmm. Or the temptation is to jump in and to be a fixer Instead of recognizing, man, the best thing that we can do right now is we can invite God into this conversation. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter how public a place you're in. If you're in the grocery store, if you're in the lobby at church, like wherever you are, just grab somebody's hand and talk to them and talk to God together. That is such a beautiful thing that you can be able to do. I also love that if somebody sends me a prayer request via text message or Instagram DM, I will reply back with an audio message Mm -hmm. and pray. Yeah. And so if you have not started using your voice memo to send people prayers, even if somebody, God just lays somebody on your heart. This happens to me every once in a while to where I just will go throughout my day and it won't be somebody that I'm supposed to see that day, but Sometimes it's very random who God Mm -hmm. lays on my heart. And I'm just always like, you know what? I'm just going to send them a voice memo and pray for them. And I have been, I mean, it doesn't surprise me anymore because it's happened so many times, Mm -hmm. but God, they'll, they'll reach back out and they'll be like, you have no idea how much I needed that. You've definitely done that with me. (laughs) Like I know that's happened uh, multiple times where you've texted and just said, Hey, I'm praying for you today. You're on my heart. Um, and what, what's cool or what I hope people hear from this is just, you know, one aspect of having a vibrant prayer life is not knowing what you're going to pray for, but having an open heart to what, what is around you. Like you said, I mean, like just being in the grocery store, like if we take opportunities like that to pray that we wouldn't normally take to pray, that will add so much to our prayer lives, but it does require just having that awareness of saying, God, I am open to this. So put somebody in my path. Like he is looking for people who will do that. And if you are willing, um, I just think there's so much God can do with that. That is way beyond what we think of when we think of prayer. Yes. Yes. Ask him. Yeah. Ask him. Like that is, that is such a big thing of begging him to say like, man, God put people on my heart that I can pray for, that I can encourage, that I can point to you. Give me your eyes to see people who don't necessarily need me or need something I have to offer, but need you. And prayer can be a channel that they see you like that. Oh, it's so big. Yeah. And, um, it reminds me of, 
it's the paraphrase, the um, the message paraphrase of Romans eight fifteen, and it says it basically says what's next, Papa, like coming to God with this attitude of what's next, and I just think that's the coolest picture to have with God of just not knowing what's going to happen, but being excited about it and not being afraid of like because we're not in control, but just having a different perspective that this is exciting if we don't know what's coming. Um, that's right. And I just think prayer can be a big part of that. Yes. Um, okay. So what about with praying with like your spouse or kids, what are ways that you have found to pray? Like, um, just different opportunities that we have that maybe we think we only think of one way to pray with our husband or our kids, but, um, we know there's so many other opportunities. What do you, what do y'all do? So my kids love praying at bedtime. And so the biggest thing that I can tell you, and listen, if you are a mom with young kids, I understand how tired you are when it's their bedtime. And the temptation is probably to rush through bedtime as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. because that means that you're finally going to get to possibly take a breath for the, in quiet for the first time that day. If I can encourage any mom with young kids with anything, I tell them, please don't rush bedtime. And that might mean that you need to start bedtime earlier Mm -hmm. so that you can get to bed on time yourself, but not rushing bedtime, which I have three kids in three rooms. And so that means three different times that I need to go and not be rushed with all of them. But especially as my boys get older, which, you know, they're eight and 10. So I'm by no stretch, you know, in, in teenage years or anything, but even now I'm finding that they open up when the room is dark, it's quiet, there's not any distractions. And so because it's dark in the room, like, I think it just kind of gives them a courage because they don't necessarily have to look me in the face. And so that's when they can ask, a deeper question or admit something that happened at school during the day, or that's when they will open up. And so right after they open up about the things that are going on in their life, that is a perfect opportunity to teach them. Okay. Now that we've talked about it, then man, let's, let's bring God into this and let's ask him for what he can do in this situation. I'm so sorry that you've got a friend that's dealing with some hard stuff at home, or there's a, there's a friend in your class who's not being a very good friend right now. Like maybe they're dealing with some stuff that we don't know about. We may not know the specifics of what we're they're dealing with, but man, God does. And so mm-hmm. let's, let's ask him to be over that friendship. And so just the opportunity for them to be honest and then to take that repetitive motion over time of we take the things that are on our heart and we take those things to God. So that's something that's really working for me right now. I also notice that, so my, my oldest son can sit in the front seat now. And now that he's in the front seat of the car and my younger two are in the back, they kind of have their own conversation in the car on the way home from school. Mm -hmm. And Noah and I have our own conversation and it's the same thing as the dark. I'm not looking at him. I'm looking forward at the road. I'm watching the road as I'm driving and school is on his mind. And so he opens up to me right then. And that's another way to teach them. We'll pray right then in the car together. Yeah. Uh, because that teaches him 
Prayer isn't something that we just do ritually before a meal or even ritually before bed. It's something that we do. And I can pray with my eyes open. I can pray throughout my day. I can invite God into a conversation with me at any time. And so it's really just normalizing prayer as the best response. That's one of the best things that we can instill in our kids as parents. Yeah. Is normalizing prayer is the best response. And then it's the same thing with our marriage. You know, James and I will often get a text from someone and they will ask us to pray over a situation. And instead of just responding to the text throughout the busy day, we'll leave the text there. And that night after we get our kids to bed or when we get a quiet moment, when they're distracted doing something else, we'll pray together right then. And so just, just that habit of this is a need or this is a praise or this is anything else that, that God needs, we need God to move. We want to take those things to him as often as we can together. Yeah. Well, one thing, again, I think I was thinking like, oh, different places or situations, but I love how... Even what you were just sharing about, like, you know, if you just make time to Mm -hmm. give them space to talk, that Mm -hmm. is going to have you praying for different things altogether that you would maybe not have thought of because you wouldn't have had the space to think of that. So I think that's like, it's just cool because it's just another way to think whenever we do get stuck in our ruts, like maybe it's not, okay, this is five different things that we could be praying for. Maybe it's just, okay, I'm just going to make time for my kids or my spouse or, um, think about a text message and it just, it can just help us get outside of the box of what we are expecting to pray for. Yes. Um, well, is there anything else before I start going into like, you know, your answered prayers and everything (laughs) like that? Is there anything else that you can think of that, you know, I know, um, we have this, this, uh, it's like a 31 days of prayer and it's like just different ways to pray that can kind of shake things up. Like whether it's like really quiet prayers or loud prayers or kneeling or different Mm -hmm. things. Has there been anything that you've done in your life that you felt like, um, when you did it, that it was just like, Whoa, that was really different and like refreshing, a refreshing way to pray. Yes. So this was something that happened and I, I don't remember the thought process or anything, but there was something really, really big ministry wise, wish he works his way that I needed to pray through. And it was, it was heavy and it was hard. And before I started praying, I crawled under my desk and I need you to know, I don't have a spacious desk. (laughs) It is not big. It is not cozy. It is not comfortable, but I just got under my desk and I have found now that when there are big things that I need to pray for, specifically the situations that I feel just require God to humble me in the posture of getting under my desk, there is, there's something oddly comfortable about being down there, even though there's actually not comfortable at all. Um, And then there are moments too, where I'm telling you, when you just need to remind yourself who God is there, I... I've already admitted, like I, I don't sit still well, but there is something about physical posture, changing your physical posture mm-hmm. that does remind you of the awe and the holiness that God has and that we need to approach him with to understand. And so there are times when I'm t- praying flat on your face, 
Yeah. That is sometimes you just need to do that. And that is sometimes physically when surrender is hard, then putting your pl- your body body in a position of surrender of of being flat on your face, like sometimes that can get your heart there. You just got to do something to get you there first. And yeah. so changing your physical posture or like f- having a, a physical place to go to, like um, there've been seasons in my life when I was younger and I was first, I guess, trying to learn how to pray. I remember telling my, my dad, I was about 11 years old. I told him like, Hey, I just, I'm struggling to stay focused while I'm praying. Like I get distracted doing other things. What, what do you do that helps you to not be distracted? And that was when my dad said, you know, I start, I write things down. And then when God gives me an answer, then I date it. And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. And so I was like, can I have a Sharpie? And my dad probably should have asked me what I wanted a Sharpie for, but he didn't. He just handed me a Sharpie. And I went into my closet in my room because there was a lot of wall space in my closet that could be covered by things. And I just started writing my prayer requests in Sharpie on the wall of my closet. Oh my goodness. And then when God was answered, when God answered those prayers, then I would date them and it was the only, so we ended up moving from that house when I was 15 and we repainted the whole inside of the house before we put the house up for sale, except for my dad had a friend come over and paint that closet. Cause he was like, I don't have the heart to do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not have the heart to paint over that. So someone else is going to have to do that. But I mean, it was, I, I never ended up getting in trouble for it. Uh, but that, that's something like, I'm just, if you, if you need to physically write on the wall in Sharpie, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing it in your living room. Maybe you should though. I don't know. Um, (laughs) but, but do doing something like that, like having something that is special and sacred, like I promise you, I think that if I were to go to that house right now and I were to even like see that closet, I don't know that I could look at it without tears Yeah, because it was just such a special place. And it's the same thing now. Like, obviously it's not paddleboard season anymore, but when we go into my garage and I see the backpack (laughs) that has my inflatable paddleboard on it, I mean, I I literally am prompted to prayer because there's a visual reminder of a real place where I pray. Yeah. Yeah. So I think having those, those places of this is, I can talk to God anywhere, but man, like, just like, you know, you're husband and you, you might have like a favorite date night spot or a favorite place where you go as a family. And that place brings memories. I think that you can do the same thing with places that you pray as well. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. I think that's, and just going back to you under the desk, I think like that, that visual of just feeling almost like you're sheltered, you are mm-hmm. like in a re- you're in the refuge basically. But I, I know for me, mine has been in my laundry room. Like, I don't know, I'll go start doing laundry. And for some reason, because I'm moving quick and the, the dryer might be on and I'm like, um, I can be louder in there. But mm-hmm. for some reason, I just feel more more um, like strength as I pray. Like, I don't know, just that, mm. I don't know, booming voice. But um, See, I think that that's how I feel on the paddleboard. Oh yeah. Cause like your yeah. voice kind of bounces back to you on the water, yeah. but yet 
there's water all around you. So even if you go past another boat, nobody can hear you anyway. I'm sure I look like a crazy person, but there is something about it too. Plus there's no distractions. I have nothing in my hands except for a paddle. I am looking at God's creation, which I mean, it's, yes, it's just beautiful. Yeah, no, that's big. Um, okay. So let's see, what are some of the biggest answered prayers and they can be actually big or they could just be like the most recent that were just so obvious that you were just like, there could be no one else who gets credit besides Mm -hmm. God for this. I think one of the things that I just regularly am blown away for answered prayer wise is, um, I, the team that we work with at she works his way, we are not in the same city. And so we have to lead together being geographically distant from one another. And so we regularly pray for unity and it's something that we just always want. So Summer Phoebus and I, we co-lead She Works His Way together and on paper, by personality, by preference. I don't think that anyone would ever say that we would make great ministry partners, let alone best friends, because we are so different. But when it comes to the things that God lays on our heart to do for the ministry, it, we have lost track of how many times we will be prompted and pulled by God in what would seem like a different direction, but then we come together to have a conversation about it. And we find that God has been leading us to the same place, even though it's a different new place. And we've never talked about it before. Wow. But it's just because she's walking and talking with the Lord. I'm walking and talking with the Lord. And because we are serving him together, he unites our hearts without us even talking. And that's something that we can't do no matter how great of friends we are. Yeah. You know, we, we can't do that. And so I feel like the amount of times that he has united us in purpose, despite our differences and despite it not seeming like it is the logical next step at all. Mm -hmm. It always keeps me in awe of how in control he is and just his goodness and his mercy and his grace. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I I mean, y'all just from the outside, y'all's teamwork and partnership, like even to write a book together, like I can't imagine how that process works, but you're right. Like if you guys are both so focused on following the Lord and hearing from him, um, the things that would maybe get caught up in like, like, Oh, well, I don't know the things that you could just be like polarized, uh, polar opposite in Mm -hmm. they, they are kind of I don't want to say neutralized because y'all obviously both bring something different, but they take, uh, like the back seat to just following what God has for both y'all in it. So mm-hmm. you're just able to put that first, which is cool. <laughs> um, what are the, uh, what is maybe one of the biggest no's, um, that you've received like a, as an answered prayer from God and what did he teach you through that? Oh, goodness. I'm trying to think of the biggest no that I feel like I've gotten because there have been quite a few. Yeah. Even just one that you can, yeah. You, did you the, like I think specifically this is, yeah. The one that stands out in my mind and this sounds, this is going to sound crazy because 
it ended up being a, a yes, but it was a no for a really long time mm-hmm. is the desire to write a book. I have wanted to be an author since I was five. Yeah. That is a desire that I've had. And when God first started putting things of She Works His Way on my heart, if there had been a publisher that had offered me a deal in 2014 to write a book about She Works His Way, I would have taken it because I love to write. I wanted to be an author and I would have taken it. And it was not an opportunity that was presented at the time. And it was something that I just kept thinking through maybe someday, maybe, maybe we'll get there. And it never left my brain of how I would love for this mission to exist in book form. And maybe two or three years into the ministry and into the work and into the community, I really stopped thinking about a She Works His Way book. Mm-hmm. It stopped being something that was on my mind and on my heart because I found that sometimes the, the dream of doing the ministry this way was getting in the way of the ministry that God had called me to in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking through the, I don't know, the, the maybe the, the bigness of a book, which I wanted the impact I I know my heart wanted it for the sake of the mission, but I also don't think that we had done the work long enough to be able to write the book that needed to be written. We needed to be in the trenches with the women. And so the, we were not looking for a publisher. We were not looking for a book deal. It was nothing that we had written down in a vision board or a plan (laughs) and Yet it was something that God so clearly orchestrated from start to finish that it just left me in awe of him and what he can do when we let go of the dream and we just do the work. Yeah. Well, I know we we talked years ago, and it might have been when Grumpy Mom was coming out, or I don't know the exact time frame, but... I just remember asking if you had, if you wanted to do that. And I remember you saying, you know, I see like, it, it's not now you, you basically said it's a no right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, maybe it would be down the road, but you see, I just remember feeling like you were so content with that mm-hmm. answer and almost it being like, you know how like we put ourselves in somebody's shoes and be like, man, I'd be frustrated with that. I'd, I would be frustrated to think, Oh, maybe in whatever years, but you seemed content. And I think it is because of just the clarity that you felt that this was a no from God in that Mm -hmm. season. And like you said, God has since answered that in a different way, but you, you, I I guess I can attest to the fact that you (laughs) knew it was a no and you were okay with the no, um, in that season. It wasn't like, Oh, you just, and now like looking back, I praise God that it was a no for all of those years because the book would be so different if it had been written differently at a different time. Well, and I know I've said that, like, so listeners, both of our books came out on the same day, but I know after like just thinking of the, it was eight years of conversations that shaped the book and it, you know, we wrote it from a place of, or I say we, I always talk in terms of our VMP team because they do absolutely, but, but it was written because with knowing all of the struggles that people go through. And I, and I have to imagine that y'all's book as well was like, you just got, you got specific examples. And even as you wrote, you know, the idea that like the things that you share are from 
real conversations. Like, yes, I know one of my favorite comments on like a review is just like, you're in my head or you Mm. wrote this for me. And I just feel like we're, we're able to do that because of the conversations and the time that we've put into that. So God knew that God knew it'd be a a better book right now. And, um, and honestly just our time, like our day and age and the idea of how warped truth is getting, you know, and Mm. how easy it is because we do just feel like our responsibility is to just be tolerant of so many things. So how do you balance not being tolerant, but like you said, not being ugly either. So I think Mm. it is for this time and that's just cool to see how it was a no, but then also like, yeah, what God did through that. That's um, right. Later. Mm. Well, um, okay. So I want to hear was how, I know the answer was that prayer was modeled for you, but tell us how that was modeled for you as a child. You know, I think the first person that I remember praying that intrigued me (laughs) out loud was my student pastor, Chris Lovell, Mm -hmm. because when he would pray, he talked to God the way, the same way that he talked to me. I would, I would listen to him and he used the same words and he used the same inflection and you know, I felt like so many times when I heard people pray publicly, they would use these big churchy words that I didn't know what they meant. And so I remember listening to him and going, hang on, if that's what prayer is, I can do that. And that was what made me come to my dad as as an 11 year old and say, okay, I am convinced that I can start praying now that that's not something that I have to do when I'm an adult. And so I, Chris was the first person that I heard pray that made me realize that prayer wasn't knowing all of the answers and having to say the right things. It was genuinely just being able to talk to God. Yeah. And so that, that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Cause it is always different. You know, I do think it's interesting and I've shared this before as I asked this question. I love this question because I think it's a good reminder for us that we want to model prayer for our kids. Mm-hmm. And um, just to know the impact that that has. Um, because so many of the people that I know are very comfortable praying out loud or praying with others had it modeled for them. And I think we we need that. So maybe maybe you're an adult and you just feel like, I don't feel like I can do this. Maybe it means having a prayer partner and getting to hear other people's prayers or being a part of a prayer group and, you know, maybe sitting quietly for the first couple of weeks and letting God, um, hear other people, not so that you can mimic it, but just to, like you said, like you got to learn the language. You got to Mm -hmm. hear that, that it was not as complicated as we make it out to be. And, um, yeah, I just, I think that's such a cool question to hear what, what, who impacted somebody's life. Um, Okay, so last question. I want to know what is um what what are you the ways that you are looking to keep growing your prayer life right now? Like what excites you about where you could go with prayer for your future? So prayer is one of those things to where I just am trying to instead of it being, you know, I, I do I pray at this time and then mm-hmm. I check it off the list to genuinely make it become more of a constant conversation. I think one of my favorite examples of prayer in scripture is in that first, uh, the beginning of Nehemiah, when he literally prays 
mid conversation with the king. Oh yeah. So the king responds, and then before Nehemiah responds, it talks about how he like prays in the back of his head. So he's praying something in his mind while other words to the king are coming out of his mouth. And I think that is just such a reminder of like just those quick, simple like, "Help me, Jesus. God, give me the words. Lord, speak through me right now. Like, God, I need your I need your Spirit with me right now. Like, just those quick prayers that." remind me that God is with me at all times. Those, those are the ones that I want to start to become more naturally than just me going into fix it mode, which is very easy for me, but just making it a constant part of continually inviting him into my day and reminding myself that he is right there beside me and always with me. And so instead of having any of the, those moments where I feel like I'm always alone, realizing that I'm actually never alone. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, when we take those moments, when our life becomes like that, that, you know, I think of that as like being led, like we are Mm -hmm. constantly being led. And when we realize that God is, always available and always looking to lead us. It's just mm-hmm. like, man, why wouldn't we want to do this with every moment? And yes, it's just exciting and powerful. And, um, kind of going back to that idea of that we started with, of just being excited about not knowing what's next, but knowing that like God has something planned. And mm-hmm. if you want to do, if you want to experience what got the best thing God has for you, listen, open your ears and hear yes. what he has to say. And what a cool way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, Michelle, before, um, I would love for you to close this in prayer, but before I do, would you tell everybody where they can find you? Absolutely. So if you go to sheworkshisway.com, that is the hub for our ministry. And so we show up on Instagram once a week. We're there on Mondays. And so if you want to follow She Works His Way on Instagram, then you can come and hang out with us. Obviously the posts live all week long, but we show up there on Monday, but we are always available in DMs. And so if you want to come and say hi, you want to have a conversation, I'm usually the one that's there in DMs and I would love to meet you there. Nice. Awesome. Well, um, all right. Yeah. Would you close us in prayer? I would love to. Let's pray. God, I just love you so much, and I thank you for the fact that we get to talk to you, that you always make efforts to come close to us. And so, God, I just pray that we would be intentional to draw near to you, because when we draw near to you, Lord, we are just instantly filled with peace from your presence. And so, God, I just pray that for every person who's listening to this right now, that you would show them something new about you, that you would show yourself to them in a fresh way. God, we just, we want to continue growing in our love for you. We want our affections to be stirred for you and for the kingdom. And so God, I just pray that rather than getting sucked into secondary things, Lord, that you would just capture our hearts and that we would fix our eyes on Jesus and that we would realize that He has already finished every work. And God, that you allow us to join you in your work. And so God, don't let us be distracted by the things that the world wants to throw at us. God, help us, like it says in Hebrews, Lord, to truly throw off everything that is holding us back, Lord. 
and to run with endurance the race that you have set before us. And God, you've given each of us a different race to run, but you've given each of us the same finish line. And so God, I pray that we would run that race, that we would truly be able to throw off everything that is hindering us, Lord, and run and chase after your kingdom, Lord, and that we would keep our eyes focused on on Jesus as we run. And so, God, I don't know every need that is on the heart of every listener right now, Lord, but I am so grateful and so in awe that you do. And so, God, I just beg you to be God over every circumstance, over every relationship, over every home, over every workplace, over every community, every local church, Lord, that is represented in the listeners here. God, would you show up? Would you make your presence known? Would you bring comfort? Would you bring a fresh wind and a fresh fire of your presence, Lord? And would you help us to just chase after you with abandon? And so, Lord, we love you. We trust you. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Love you, friend.